Welcome, everyone, to Greetings from Beyond Radio. I'm your host, Rich Valdez. And as usual, my co-host, Vicki Burnett. Say hi, Vicki. Hi, Vicki. Oh, she whispered it. Oh, she was so good about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Once again. Enjoy it. Enjoy the one time I follow your direction. Oh. Yes, I know. I have to relish in the moment, of course, you know. And once again, I ask, where's Prince? Hello? There he is. Hi, Prince. Hello. Greetings from beyond, literally, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, a talent gone way too early. And as usual, uh, you can listen to Greetings from Beyond Radio and also see us on YouTube. But more than anything, you can listen to us on all of these platforms. Uh, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, Amazon Music, The Parallax, iHeart, Samsung Podcast, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Pandora. Although as of late, eh, Apple has been giving us some issues because... Neither I nor Jen are owners of an Apple phone. Can you believe that? They won't run our show unless you're an owner of. That's that's another story for another time. But you know what? Uh, Can you do it through me? Because my children have Apple. Do you have an Apple? No, I'm an Android. You're an Android. But my okay. children who are on my account both have Apple products. Well, you know, we'll we'll try that because, you know, we did find out, you know, I remember you brought that to my attention a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and we, we were like, why, why wasn't your friend able to see us on Apple? And that's why, you know, okay. they, they apparently they're very finicky, if you will, when it comes to having anything run through their system. Um, you know, lo lots of people have been chiming in uh, as of late, and I, I have to be very mindful of the fact that. We have lots of people, lots of people that are watching the show, and I have to name them off. Um, one friend in particular of which I happen to get along with very well and have known for over well over a decade is Chance Hancock, and he is one of the very, very, very few. Hello, Enchanted Boutique and Jenny Davis. Um, we he's he's had radio shows left and right. His latest radio show happens to be i know it's going to sound funny paraprobe okay i know paraprobe 
But let Hold me tell me you. Back. Hold me back. Hold me back. No, no, no. But let me tell you, he's a great guy. He's a great friend. And we've worked in, on and off on investigations left and right over the years. And he has a very popular show down there in, in Florida. I will be there very, very soon, by the way, uh, in Florida. Thanks for the warning. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. And he, he actually, he's actually one of those few that has always had that radio voice and he has his own radio show the the power probe and it's actually off of a radio station and he, he had one of our guests uh last weekend mike ricksucker so that was a very interesting show it was just one hour unfortunately and let me tell you mike ricksucker is good he's he's one of those few that actually knows what he's talking about but we also have you know we're we're actually kind of lucky to have a very good you know host or, or actually guest coming up this this time and we found out just before the show we not only have him for one we got him for two two hours two all right which is awesome because this guy i've been always been a fan of this gentleman and quite frankly uh you know he's he's not only you know the one of the best actually i think the best lead investigator for Florida. what was it it's not florida i almost said florida it was ghost hunters, <laughs> ghost hunters international, international. although there is a connection there through taps but he actually once he got on there as the lead investigator he actually brought more credibility to the show in my opinion because he's, he knew how to apply scientific methodology also a shout out to philco underscore comics on Instagram. This is a dear friend of mine. I've known him since I was 13 years old. And let me tell you, you can find him on Instagram under Philco F. Let me see. At, no, Flicko. F L I K O underscore paints and also comics. So Flicko underscore comics and paints as well. Two different ones, but please go there. So with no further ado, I'm going to start going through the books. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, once we go through the books and show everyone that this individual that we have on as our guest is not just great on TV as being a lead investigator for an international team. And let me tell you, they went to a lot of places. So let's start with book one and then move on. And Vicky, go off and read off the books. Um, we have Legend Seekers Island of the Dead, which I have by the way. And then we have uh, Legend Seekers. It did a lot more going into the folklore and myth in Ireland. In the Mist of Gods. Is your home haunted? My home is haunted. Excuse me. Now what? All right. The Malice, the Malice of, of Darkness. darkness. Yep. Searching that now I'm going to mispronounce that. <laughs> you a teacher? There's, there's an accent mark on there. <laughs> <laughs> he can go ahead and pronounce that when he comes on here. Yes. So I don't mess it up. <laughs> the influence blowing Pandora's box wide open. Boom. The complete approach, a scientific and metaphysical guide to the paranormal. Building cities of gold. The Council of Three, 
Oh, my least favorite creature there on the front. And The Deception of Gods and Men, which I am currently reading. And let me tell you, I am so impressed. This is a book that you have to give your full attention to. When you are reading this, this is not light reading. This is not, you know, a simple book. The concepts that he's talking about, all the thought process behind it, it's very complex. Yes, I know. <laughs> I love it. So with no further ado, let's bring on board the guest of the two hours, not one hour, two hours, okay? None other than Barry Fitz. Gerald. Rich, Vicky, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it greatly. And, and, and I feel at this point I should also say hello to Prince as well. <laughs> well, he appreciates it. He appreciates that. He, Rich is obsessed with that. A friend of mine actually did that. And it's an incredible likeness. So he always asks, you know, for Prince to make an appearance. Yes, I do. I do. Definitely. I will admit that. Barry, thank you so much for being on the show, and I've been looking forward to having you on the show because, quite frankly, as I stated to you earlier in the green room, you know, I, I've, I've always been a fan of not only yourself, but Ghost Hunters International. I felt mm -hmm. that they actually broke new ground going international, mm -hmm. and that's really what got everything started. Now it seems like all the paranormal shows are stuck here in the States, but when i saw that there were other shows that were beginning to break ground internationally there's one that that's come on i know you're irish you know but with all due respect there was one that came out uh i believe at the beginning of this year called haunted scotland and i know that they also have a haunted it's called over there spooked scotland spooked ireland and it's it's awesome you get to see all these historical I mean, places that have existed long before the United States being investigated by these paranormal investigators. Mm -hmm. Give me give me and an all our listeners an idea as to. On episode nine, of course, an idea. What was the most intriguing place for you and the team to investigate, but especially you first? Well, well personally, for, for me, I, I loved the the international travel and, and you know i've got favorite countries like argentina and places like that 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 just really resonated with me but um one of 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 the investigations that we did we got absolutely nothing at but there was an incident that occurred to me before the cameras were switched on which had a greater impact because it wasn't i never got the answer until 10 years later oh lord about what that was um, and that was when we were investigating dracula's castle um in transylvania oh. um, so th there, there was an incident there that, that that occurred and that made an impact um and uh you know we've been around the country or around the world uh frankenstein Dracula, Hitler, even in Argentina and, and Poland. Um, and I think the closest that we got to Hitler, in fact, I think we got Hitler was in Poland. Really? Um, if, if, if it was to come down to it, if I was, if I was to say, where was he, I would have said Poland. Wow. Um, and, uh, and that was through the processes that we used there to try and counteract um, the intelligence that we were trying to connect to. Um, and uh, trying to outwit it and, and 
something that happened. And I was working with Paul at Bradford on that particular um, scene whenever whenever everything started to fire off. And uh, and that 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 was that was a good one. But you know, I, I'm an avid an avid photographer, and uh, and I absolutely love nighttime photography. I think there's a beauty in in the night sky that that we that we miss more often than not. So I tend I tended to to head into various different locations and take these beautiful night shots that would have been lit up with infrared or whatever the case may be. Um, but in Wolfshanza, um, um, Poland's or sorry, Hitler's Eastern Command Post, that was one of the places that I walked into, and I got about maybe fifteen feet into it with the camera over my shoulder. The rest of the crew and and cast were back in in a former SS bunker, um, for the night, and I was walking through in the dark, and I got about fifteen feet and went, nope. Really. <laughs> I turned him back. That, that place is that place is naturally creepy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So apparently something. I guess your instinct was saying, "Don't go any closer." Oh, oh yeah, they were screaming at me. You've gone quite far enough. That, that's enough. Fascinating. That, yeah. What do you feel that may have been? Um, my own instinct, my own gift of discernment, um, and uh, I'm 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 a great avid supporter of that um mm. you know people will ask me well, what's the best piece of equipment that you can use really if you understand your own biology you are the best piece of equipment agreed um, and and it's unfortunate now that that we live um within within this this outer shell of paranormal research that needs bells and whistles and unfortunately the bells and whistles are locking us into the conscious brain we're we're keeping connected to the outside world and watching for for changes in meters and lights and things like that and we're not connecting with this other aspect of of what we are we're ignoring we're we're, we're being locked out of that and uh, and cell phones are another uh, another key feature which which serve to lock us out and um, you know we're constantly kept here in the left-hand hemisphere um, and we need to shift over to the right as well and find a balance the universe is about balance oh yeah and we, we we're considerably out balance at the minute so do you believe as we came progressed with technology um because if you go back in in the olden times where the people were more in touch with things like fairies and gnomes and things like that do, is is technology to blame and us changing our focus in our brain is that to blame for the skepticism and our turn away from the paranormal for so long? There is a definite um, um, arc in that where we where we can see, but it's not only the technology; it's also the food. Um, what we consume can also affect how that signal signaling process that comes through the body is activated or not for that for that case. And this idea of our activation, our gift of discernment um which we all have can be interfered with for instance if 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 we have a a group who meets at uh, at a fast food restaurant before they go to the investigation um they have they have a um half a gallon of 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 soda um soda drinks and and off they go the ref the refined sugar within our food can actually inhibit 
or, or prevent that gift of discernment from activating. So that what we're looking to see is this is this aspect of fight or flight, engage, and uh, and refined sugar can switch that off. So we're going into we're going into a place blind, and that that's not where we should be going. You know, we need to be going into these places completely copus mentis, um, and 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 very much aware both on 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 a on a, on a physical aspect and also a spiritual aspect as well. I agree. I think I think this, unfortunately, has become the distraction, the the main distraction, in in our gener. I can't say our generation, today's generation, of kids, <coughs> and also even younger adults. <coughs> this is being used for investigations, and it should not be used for investigations. It's being used for EVPs. It's being they're they're applying apps to this to actually locate ghosts last time i yeah. checked ghosts don't have cell phones so they can't be tracked <laughs> and i find it fascinating that they actually rely so much on on cell phones nowadays for the mm. technology when in fact that technology is readily available they don't even have a grasp when it comes to the scientific methodology that should be used theoretically speaking to actually locate any ghost spirit energy that may be around us and mm -hmm. they don't get it because they, they're waiting for the, the bells and whistles. And mm -hmm. the bells and whistles, that can only go so far. I agree with you 100%, and I'm sure Vicky does as well, being that she's a psychic medium, that it's our internal, you know, mm -hmm. bells and yeah. whistle that we should be listening to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agree. Very, very, very much so, very much so. And, and, and uh, it's amazing to see that this switch occur in which we needed these extra pieces of equipment, which... Many folks don't even understand how it works um, and, and the fact. Now, we do see that there are occasions in which technology can be interfered with. Yes. Um, and can be manipulated. And, and the likes of, of, of EVPs is a perfect example there where oh. you can have the answer to your question before you actually verbally deliver it. Um, but that brings in a, a, another aspect in which we need to consider consciousness as well. You know, yes. this aspect of, of where we are and where it is. And so there's a whole range of things going on um, that uh, that we really need to consider. Never mind the idea of what actually are we communicating with. Um, which, as Vicky has pointed out, um, I, I tend to point my finger at with, with the, the, the book, the, the Deceptions of Gods and Men. Um, that really starts to open the doorway to get us to look at and, and consider what what we're actually communicating with. Yeah, it's. I recommend anybody, especially if you really want a thought-provoking book. Now, like I said, I'm halfway through. That's because I have to pay so close attention. <laughs> if it if it were just a, if it was just a surface book, a fluff book, I would have already been through it. But mm -hmm. I go back and I reread, and as I'm reading it. I'm telling two people that I share uh, a room with a uh, workspace. I'll mm -hmm. be like, Hey, did you hear about this study? This is fascinating. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, you have, there's so much research behind your book. There's so many different cases and different things that you have included in that, mm. that you're all, you're tying it all together and using uh, it, It's fascinating book. Absolutely. Fascinating. We, we, we had to, because, you know, I, I felt that, that the investigation, the world, the investigative world of the paranormal, um, was 
I suppose since the 1960s onward began to be pigeonholed. And and I found the same went on with with uh, cryptozoology. The same was going on with with UFOs, and and this idea that uh, if Bigfoot was to appear, and a UFO was to appear behind him, the Bigfoot recording of that particular event was thrown out by the, by the cryptozoologists. And likewise, the ufologist wouldn't mention Bigfoot, and um, that was thrown out. And, and the same went for, for the paranormal as well, because when you have UFOs, you have a huge amount of paranormal activity. Um, and and you know th that goes that goes the same for Skinwalker Ranch. Um, oh Lord! There was a huge you know when when you had this activity that was going on, and and you have your UFOs and your portals back and forward. There was also a huge amount of paranormal activity that wasn't being reported because that wouldn't have been funded. Mm -hmm. So the funding was was specifically for the UFOs and, and this idea of, of alien intelligences. You know what's funny is Ken Walker Ranch is literally. I mean, I'm in I'm in Utah right now. Oh, very nice. So uh, yeah, just just the thought. I mean, I, I I've seen a few documentaries on Skinwalker. I've read a few books on it, mm. and I, I I just could not fathom the the theory they had that this was all brought about by some voodoo high priestess i'm like what what's a voodoo high priestess have anything to do with utah i i i, I mean utah as is, is as cowboy as it gets yeah. and voodoo high priestess we're talking haiti or miami you know the southern region of of the united states more than anything mm -hmm. else i'm like how did that get all the way over here this has a lot to do more so with the native americans that were indigenous to this area and the massacres that happened that I do believe 100%, mm -hmm. but they've even talked about skinwalker activity happening more so before that massacre and even more so after the massacre happened here in, in Utah. And quite frankly, I find that to be fascinating that people tend to want to stick to, I believe the false narrative, which mm. happens to be, the, the voodoo high priestess versus the cop, you know, the one, you know, I'd say elephant in the room, which would be Native American, and that's the cause of it. But it's it's very much it also brings me back to a uh, hi Olga. Thank you for chiming in, by the way. Olga, old friend of mine. Um as far as I'm concerned, I, I find it fascinating that they'd rather believe the false narrative versus the Captain Obvious. And, and people still stick to the voodoo high priestess. That, that, that's like putting an elephant in in the middle of your living room when it should be out in the wild or in a zoo. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think people tend to want to believe in the, you know, the one that doesn't well, make any sense? The false narrative, I think, is easier to believe. Um, and, and, and I think that's, that's, that's you know, and, and we see that today presently within modern modern or mainstream media the false narrative is, is the easier pill to swallow um and sometimes we don't want to know um the the truth behind it, it it's best sometimes uh, we're sheltered from that um but uh, my my you know I, I i i spent a little time out there in, in 2019 at uh, in utah mm. um just before we went into lockdown and uh, I had my experiences there as well, but the ranch itself is is not um, is not the mainstay of all the activity 
um, what we were able to do was to use our modern technology um, and, and identify these pockets of magnetic anomalies that coincided with these strange events across the board. Um, it wasn't just linked to poltergeist activity. No, th this was across the board into strange creatures, UFOs and everything else. And uh, the anomaly at, at Skinwalker stretches 80 miles. So it is, it, it is mass massive. And, uh, and people outside of that would be having their experiences as well. Um, outside outside of the ranch um, and uh, the reasons why the ranch is having that that problem I, I, I think there there are there there's a good case for considering um, alternative um, solutions or reasons for that um, I know that uh, that one of the scientists there um, was a key figure in developing technology that that was able to hunt for um, heavy metals deep underground and uh, and I'm aware that that particular area um, has been and probably still is very rich in veins of gold silver and uh, and other um, heavy metals there as well you start digging obviously you're going you have to dig yeah, you're going to find something rich areas and uh, it's it's an interesting perspective I, I don't really follow the show I'm, I gotta say but um, I do know some of the characters, and and it's, it's interesting that from a Celtic perspective, um, that for us, uh, we've seen um, giant reptilian snakes. Sna the giant snakes were always a key feature in protecting natural wealth or, or heavy metals, gold, silver, and everything else. Um, so that was, there was always connection there with with us on, on a on a, uh, a mythology aspect and for the ancient celts what we see today as a dragon was alien to them they had no idea what that is it morphed eventually into what we see as a dragon and of course when you when you look at at the likes of uh, the, the recent movies there that shows uh, i think it's the dragon is called snog i, I think uh, or, i think that's oh and would it be the hobbit yeah something something like that um yes. that, that protects the gold um, and isn't it interesting that the person that protects the ranch with his guns is called the dragon? And I thought, I'll leave that one just there. Yeah, <laughs> nice little nugget you left there, you know, a little <laughs> pun on the gold. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've found that, yes, I would have to agree with you when it comes to a lot of these anomalies, a lot of these phenomena that take place. They happen not on a regular basis. This is not like a haunt. This mm. this is a phenomenon that happens, and I think it has a lot to do with seismic movement underneath beneath the earth. Mm -hmm. And it depends if there's been. I remember shortly after we had, and I was here in Utah when this happened. It was my first earthquake ever. I've I've gone through plenty of hurricanes living in Miami, but when I was here. And all of a sudden, oh, it's the first earthquake in 200 years. And I'm like, well, pfft, lucky me. I happen to be here for that first one in 200 years. Yeah. There was a lot of paranormal activity taking place. Mm -hmm. There was reports everywhere. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Because I actually joked about it with Jen. And I said, you know, we 
watch the four horsemen shall start riding now all of a sudden after the earthquake and shortly after that happened was when the pandemic hit and everything closed down and i'm like i take it back i'm sorry i didn't mean it uh whatever gods were up there listening i'm sorry i apologize but i'm telling you it, it does it does actually you see when there's a seismic movement like the one we had here there paranormal activity i don't care whether it's ufo bigfoot i don't care if it's you know whatever it may be it yeah. happens you can't yeah. ignore it yeah there is there is you know just before the earthquake um finally arrives on the surface there a huge amount of forces are being are being pent up just before the release and uh, you know the, they can be measured all the way across the planet not only that i i would i guess we could call it an earth you know, passing gas, uh, <laughs> but it's a, it's passing paranormal gas and here yeah. we are affected. And, and, and the, the way I see it is we need to st really, really start paying close attention to these things. Mm -hmm. Cause I did, I actually discovered this 10 years ago. There was mm -hmm. a massive earthquake in Haiti. And then all these reports of weird things started happening in Haiti. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, okay, so there has to be something to this. And mm -hmm. I brought it, I brought it to the attention of a, a dear friend of mine and colleague, Paul, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's been around forever in the paranormal. Mm -hmm. And he started noticing that there was activity after earthquakes and he started making a mental note about it and writing it down in his books. Mm -hmm. So it's something to be taken under consideration. Yeah. How do you, what do you feel about this Vicky? I mean, anytime I think that you have a disruption in the earth because we're all part of earth and we all have to interact with everything in connection to earth, it, it's only logical that it's going to cause some kind of disruption. And especially if you are looking at actual things that are found within the earth, like Barry was mentioning, you know, your minerals and gold and all those kinds of things, if they're shifting of course, it's going to cause this burst of energy that's going to attract things. At least that's the way I see it. Well, we, we have our own energy field. So imagine the very energy field that the earth already produces affecting mm -hmm. our energy field. We're going to feel it before we can even actually acknowledge it. Yeah. So it's only natural. And this is part of science. You know, mm -hmm. science 101 dictates. And, and this is what's missing in the paranormal field, I feel nowadays. We've relied too much on this and not enough on us and also what has already been proven as being fact when it comes to science that is what has been broken away from and it's an unfortunate thing i'm hoping that we start seeing more people bring back like yourself barry and myself uh bring back the science behind all of this because that is what we have that's all we have to prove that what we sense what we feel what we see hear, and experience does have a name to it and it mm. can be proven via scientific methodology mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i disagree <laughs> slightly i disagree slightly with that um science is not written in stone no it's we not we make we make new discoveries every day and we're constantly changing even medicine it's called practicing medicine yes because things change and you know new things come up um so that's where i would make a little bit of distinction in what we accept as science now may not be what's accepted as science later. And that may in turn affect how we view things that have been characterized as paranormal. Just throwing that out there. 
well we are very true, very true vicky um you know I, I i was reading a report there the other day in fact i have a book on the shelf there um about uh i think it was 75 percent of science that was uh that was conducted in a laboratory i'm uh, sorry 75 percent of the science conducted in the laboratory could not be duplicated so it forces us to go back to the grindstone and say mm, what's what's going on i think speed is our worst enemy um and i i think i think the the quicker we become the more likely we are to make mistakes and um, and science good science starts with observation yes and uh, it's unfortunate that uh, that within today's society everything's quick we gotta have it quick um and uh, and if we can't get it within the, the good old cell phone it'll find the information for us and we accept the first thing that's on on google first page <laughs> yeah. so you know, it's controlled phone. environment yes it's it's it, when, when it comes to science is it it's you have to have a controlled environment in order to experiment with whatever it is mm. you're experimenting in order mm. to mm you know, get rid of all the distractions and yeah. see, isolate what you have. But the problem is, is when you're out on the field, much like you were with Ghost Hunters International, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's hard to duplicate that same scientific methodology that was conducted under a controlled environment in a place that has never really been investigated that way in any way, shape or form. So how would you, you know, you, you were talking earlier that, of that experience you had and you stated that it was enough for you to tell you, okay, I shouldn't go any further. Okay. That was your, your internal, you know, bells and whistles telling you yeah. not to go yeah. any further, but yeah. let's apply something else to this. Since this was out on the field, this was in foreign land that you've, you've possibly never yeah. been to. What triggered it? What do you think triggered it? Do you think it was your mindset? Do you think it was the equipment you had? What? I think there's part of us that cannot be measured and that part that can't be measured is the triggering mechanism gotcha. for for to manifest into the physical which which manifests through the fight or flight that that is the seat of our instinct and what we tend to see and um, something that I have been uh, writing about is the is the 22nd rule uh, and what tends to happen is that when we have our, uh, our encounter if irrelevant of whatever form the the energy appears as whether it be a little girl or, or a cat or whatever the case may be within the first 20 seconds if our fight or flight engages it's engaging for a reason it's telling us to get the hell out of there right what what you were encountering is not what it is portraying itself to be now the problem is after we pass the 20 seconds and we don't acknowledge that information that's come through what tends to happen is that this particular energy continues to alter our brain patterns and we're being pushed into a theta band. And that's where we tend to have um, hypnotic suggestion, false memory, um, um, and we tend to go there a lot with meditation and things like that. Um, but we're pushed into that area and, and that then can switch off our fight or flight why is it so important that if if we have something that is not there to do us any harm um that that some of these particular entities when they manifest tell us don't be afraid don't be afraid you shouldn't be afraid stop telling me i don't need to be afraid 
if my body reacts, if my instinct reacts, I'll goddamn well be afraid because that's my instinct telling me this is not what it's portraying itself to be. Sure. And no matter if it's telling me, don't be afraid. No, I will be afraid. I will react in the way that, that I'm designed to react. Um, so I don't need to have something telling me, don't, no, don't, don't, don't be afraid. Don't run away. Don't, don't do what you're doing. And we see this time and time again happening with encounters. Midjugorje over in uh, um, Eastern Europe is, is a perfect example of that, where you have three young girls who were walking back and on, on the mountainside, um, on the mountaintop, you have this shining being appear, um, which was later construed to be um, uh, um, Mother Mary. That was not the case, because the three girls were stunned to fear. They were stunned to the spot. Their bodies reacted. Um, and you've got this thing saying, don't, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Well, it's too late. They're already afraid. The 22nd rule engaged with them. And their bodies, their instincts were reacting to that particular information. And so we have to be very, very careful with that. So <laughs> after the 22nd rule, we need to have that extra sensory ability to, to understand what we're interacting with and see the other patterns that tend to appear when these things interact with us. Um, if we don't react, then it's absolutely fine. I have all, I've always found time and time again, if I don't react to the situation that's unfolding, everything's fine. What, it, what it's showing itself to be ain't a problem to me. That's absolutely fine. I don't have an issue. Um, and, uh, and as I've always said, when, when communicating with this particular type of energy, if it's there for my betterment, it will not mind a few questions for clarity. But you can bet, as there's, as a, um, forgive my English, um, as true as there's a hole in a duck's ass, and um, <laughs> when you start being inquisitive toward this thing and you say, well, wait a minute, something's not quite right here, it's gone. And um, that, is, that is a perfect signal. If that, if that thing does not want to answer, answer the questions correctly and honestly, well, then we should not be getting involved with that at all. Agreed. You know, I, I really think that if everyone were to follow in your footsteps and Don, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. If they were to fit, just, I, I think, you know, our producer has a great picture and example for us. If we were to follow in, in the same footsteps as you and get ready for our investigations dressed just like this. <laughs> I think, honest to God, we would not be running. Okay. That was a tough investigation. <laughs> I know. I know. And I'm telling you, look, I mean, you were ready. You you got your bag, you got your hat, and I think that's a machete, if I'm not mistaken. You were ready to go or go. <laughs> One or the other. I, I just I was, had to throw that in there just I for was halfway fun. across the real bridge at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know that there was a story I came across where you actually went missing for a little while there looking for something. And I I was it a city of gold? Was it what? I mean, Indiana Jones comes to mind when, when I <laughs> read this story. I was like, Barry went missing looking for what you want to share that with us 
there was a story that appeared in Wikipedia that I had disappeared into some type of portal or something. I got yeah. And was it a portal? But no, that's not that's, that's not the case. That okay. never happened. Um, but I, I I am of course always working with with um, this aspect of, of portals and things. Like that. I tried to understand what our ancients were doing with them, what they were communicating with, and more importantly, how they were activated. And uh, I had some great success. Um, in Scotland last weekend at a location where we were able to, to ripple the, the surface of the portal, um, almost like, like, like tipping your finger on the surface of still water. Wow. Um, and that, that was an interesting experiment um, that was conducted there. So, um, and I, I do a lot of work back here in Ireland as well in, into that particular aspect. There's one location, in fact, I was filming at last year, and uh, and I, I interviewed a guy there who was attacked um, in a rowing boat by two giant serpents. Ireland doesn't have serpents, hmm. but the old gods were depicted as the old serpents. Um, and you know that in itself stems back into ancient, very ancient serpent worship. And um, you've got this around the portal. You've also got UFOs that were filmed around the portal. Um, and uh, it's a very, very interesting place, and it will mess with your technology to no end. Um, even, even the boat that I have that I need to access um, this thing through, um, it ruined an engine on me and everything else. I, I, I'm a firm believer that portals do exist, mm -hmm. and much like what we discussed earlier, when there there's a seismic seismic shift yeah uh it, it can create a portal uh certain elements that somehow merge together can create a portal and i'm a firm believer as well that a lot of what we do see these fae or fairies uh bigfoot the dog man the michigan dog man uh the bray road beast which is something i've wanted to investigate for many 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 years mm -hmm. um are extra dimensional more than mm. anything else yeah and because they're seen but just as quickly they're gone which mm. can only indicate one thing they are gone from our dimension our reality into another so that mm. means they can shift between yeah. my thing is is finding out when those appearances have taken place and this is this is my my old school and i'm sure you'll appreciate it is Finding out if there was any kind of change, se seismic change, if there was any kind of electrical storm going on, if there was a thunderstorm before, during, when these creatures were seen, if there was anything going on, even temperature, moon phase, whatnot. These are the things that need to be investigated. I, I Like I said, Vicky and I and you are very much old school. We always write down everything. We have to have everything down because we need yeah. to know maybe it has something to do with said A, B, C, D, and on that caused this phenomenon to take place. Do you agree as well? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'm always, I've got my notebooks everywhere. Um, and uh, I think whenever I finally head to the pearly gates, you know, someone will, will, will go through my notebooks and think to myself, what the hell was he doing? <laughs> It's chicken scratch. It's the only, you know, it's your own language that only you can understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you think, I know that I saw an interview and you were talking about the fight, the flight or fight, and you mentioned mm. about dogs, and I think it was in yeah. 
in particular with Skinwalker Ranch yeah. and mm. how the entities really dislike them because I guess they couldn't fool the animals. And so they were able to pick up. So would you say in general, the animals have more than that 20 second rule that we are observing? I don't think, I don't think the animals are reacting um, per se to the fight or flight the way that we would activate. Um, I think what the animals are picking up on, especially dogs, are the smell. Mm. Um, there are particular smells associated with the phenomena at point of appearance. Um, which which will which will uh, disperse within the air pretty quickly, um, but uh, but there's certain smells that the, that the animals I believe are picking up on first, and and the, the 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 fact that the animals are picking up they're alerting us that something is not quite right, of which causes great discontent with what is coming through, um, and uh, and hence they target the dogs first. Yeah, I always wanted to for for my team. I always wanted a dog. Mm. Like I figure that would be like one of my best indicators. I'm very low tech when it comes to investigating. Yeah. I have my own senses, being a psychic medium, and mm -hmm. I have a tape recorder. That's yeah. you know, that's pretty much it. I'm I'm not with the bells and whistles. Maybe yeah. I should be, but to me, I'm not going in to try to prove to the world mm. that something exists. I go in primarily to help a client. And in order yeah. to help the client, I have to know what's going on. And yeah. the best way for me to do that is typically through EVPs mm -hmm. and messages. Mm -hmm. There has to be, well, you know, it, it wouldn't happen with just any dog. It has to be a dog that has, that has grown to our customs. You know, it has to be your own animal more or less. And uh, I'll give you an example. My, the last um, um, dog that I had, Max, uh, he was he was massive. He was a massive white dog, but he went caving and everything with me. Boats, caving, hiking. He was everywhere, and in fact, he found cave entrances that I would have simply walked past. I didn't even know we were there. But one particular cave entrance we entered, and it 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 went deep into this particular hill. Now this hill has a has a some stories behind it, but. Um, nevertheless, we went further on in, and on one of the the floors, there there must have been this rectangular hole in the floor, maybe five feet by two feet, um, and it looked like it was dug out by a backhoe. Now, there was no there was no soil, there was no debris around this particular hole, nor could you have got a backhoe in there, uh, because you know I was bent over going into this, and it dropped down around seven feet. And underneath that was another passageway. Now I looked at it and thought, I could go down that. It's me and the dog. And uh, and whenever I went to go forward to that particular hole, it was the first time ever that he that he he raised his alarm that I shouldn't be doing this. And I thought, well, that's new. He hasn't done that before. And I stepped back and thought, okay, maybe he's picking up on something that I'm not. Um, Obviously, their smell is much, much better than, than ours. And uh, I went to go forward again. And again, he did the same again. So I said, okay, I'm going to listen to this. This is a signal for me. I'm going to listen to this. And uh, and I took a photograph. And I can see the hole and the, the chamber that it appears in. And I've been back at that particular place. That hole is not there. Nor is the chamber. The whole lot is gone. Not a cave-in. 
it's just not there. Now I have the photograph to show that it was there. <laughs> there's the hole, there's the chamber, it's gone. So this particular aspect of stone is something that appears time and time again, where there's where there, a lot of this phenomena appears around stone and other um, um, stone plateaus or cliff faces or cave systems. There's a lot around stone for some reason, um, which I'll not get into now. But David Politis is another one, um, a, a fellow American there that that has done amazing work on missing 411 about people who disappear mysteriously within the uh, the national parks. And he has identified clusters of people that disappear. And he said the majority of these people disappear in boulder fields. And they disappeared strangely. There was nothing left. And it'll happen within seconds. Gone. It's as if they walk through this barrier and then poof, they're gone. Hmm. And for the majority, they don't come back. I, and I, and uh, that's it. Some that's, amazing work. That's weird. I, I, I've, I've never heard what well, you just said. Now I've never heard of that phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, where it, it was literally part of the hill, part of the yeah. stone, mm -hmm. and then you go back. It's not even there anymore. Not it's, even the it, opening. It, it's, it's is there. it covered yeah. over? No, no. It, it's just not there. It's a stone face. Um, and uh, I, I have a, I have a friend. He's an airline pilot there in the U.S. and he ended up on a hike with his friend and they climbed up onto this particular uh, plateau and beyond that there was this this cave system that they entered and they hadn't seen it before even though they had been in this hike time and time again and as they entered the cave their instincts started firing off and they said something's not right here and they left they said well look we'll come back with better tools the next time and we'll investigate this better they arrived back it's gone this 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 opening is gone again. We you know, we see this time and time again, um, and we've got we've got there's video footage out there of UFOs even entering the side of of, of mountains, um, which is a sheer cliff. You know, if if that was us, we'd be smashed up the side of it. Mm. But yet these things are able to enter the rocks and vanish. Um, they come out of the rocks. Volcanoes are a big thing that these things exit and enter through. What is it about the rocks? What is the better underworld that we're missing? I, I What I find fascinating is the fact that it was there, then it's not. Mm -hmm. And would, would this indicate in any way, shape, or form that this was more than likely a window of a of, of passageway into another alternative dimension? That. It could be that that would be a very dangerous process to enter into because we don't even know if our atoms would stay together if we went through to another dimension. We have no idea what that dimension is. We have clues. We have clues because um, the voices from the other world have given us those clues through various mediums. Um, and uh, there was there was an absolute amazing seance that was conducted um, in uh, in England. And it was it lasted for five years, and they sat for twice twice a week for five years, and there were scientists queued up at the door wanting into this. Amazing results that they got through the, with with these series of experiments, but one in particular was very very intriguing for us because it mentioned this aspect of these things coming from a dimension very very close to ours. 
And this is something that we hear time and time again, um, that uh, that it, it really gets back to that all the time, that, that whatever this is, is very, very close to ours, where these things are coming from and where the doors are opening to. So it's like saying it's it's like right here, beyond this doorway, there's another room. And mm. that's how close we are to other dimensions. Closer probably than that even. Some, some say that, that the next dimension is closer to our skin than even our clothes. Yo, wow, that's something. So that gets really trippy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, well, yeah. Uh, considering we really don't understand the dynamics behind how these portals open in the first place, mm. what exactly uh, needs to happen in order for them to happen uh, and open up, it, it brings to mind Stargate. It brings to mind yeah, yeah. a lot of these these different places that I've actually entertained the possibility of going into different dimensions mm. uh, in time and space. So I wonder, and I've always, I've always theorized, I find it fascinating, although they're much bigger, that these, these, uh, what I used, or what we used to refer to as fairy rings, um, are very similar to these um these i forget what they're called field crop circles crop circles thank you very much mm -hmm. but much bigger are we talking the same thing just a different time or the very rings that pretty much the same thing crop circles is a very tricky subject um because there there are a group of people in south england who do make the crop circles um and uh, so it gets very very tricky now, we do have accounts of crop circles appearing in Germany around 18, I think it was 1850, I think, with the first accounts, if not a little earlier. So we know that, that, that they're not responsible for those. And uh, it was interesting, the, the, the accounts there, they believed that it was the devils that were creating the, and damaging the crops. Gotcha. Um, so it's possible, but it's, it's also interesting as well that, that some of these particular crop circles are appearing irrelevant of whether they are manufactured by humans or not, they're appearing over England's natural water reserves. Now, we also know that the water that's dropping down through that is changing on a molecular level. That is also going into the water reserves of which we consume. So there are, there are things that need answered there, but, uh, but haven't been, haven't been answered. Um, no, notably because we just don't have the funds. Well, doesn't it always come down to money and, and funds, <laughs> unfortunately? It, it, it's a shame. Uh, I, I personally would love to go more into that, but you know, then I start looking at my bank account and it tells me, <laughs> no, next. I'm like, okay, I get you, I get you, I get you. All right, no problem. Uh, we have questions in, in, in the, the chat. People are beginning to chime in and we mm -hmm. will get to those questions and we have a picture coming up. Actually, I'd like to, you know, pose this picture up if possible because it's a it's a flashback. You know, it's it's like I'm 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 kind of living my kind of sort of young adulthood. <laughs> Ghost Hunters International. I'm telling you, this this was a great show. I loved watching it because it was so much more entertaining, and also the fact that you guys went to. Dracula's castle, Frankenstein's castle, just to mention mm. a few that mm. those are dream places. 
and 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 the fact that castle is behind the actual name that mm. was amazing to say the least but we'll be you know diving a bit more into this and you know my producer's already telling me five minutes to go till break time so you know <laughs> what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go ahead and take an early break so that we have more time to actually get into Faye, your books and everything else because i'm telling you i i do have a running theory when it comes to fairy circles so Ooh. i'm so happy that you're you're able to stay on for the second hour two hours of berry how can you beat that i love that but ladies and gentlemen please please stay tuned and we will be back after these few choice words from our sponsors and don't go anywhere we'll be right back
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings from Beyond Radio is honored to have Barry Fitzgerald straight from Ireland. And uh, we're going to be discussing fairy circles. I, I, I want his take on fairy circles, to be honest with you, because uh, I've always found that not only did it exist back when, but it still happens occasionally around our time. And I think that's a slip into a different dimension. And what is your take? And I know you've written about this on the Fae, fairies and whatnot, what we like to call elementals here in the States. Mm. What do you guys, what do you guys think about it? And what, what's your take on this phenomenon itself? Well, the modern, the modern take, of course, the romanticized version, uh, we would see our, uh, our, circles created by mushrooms which in itself is is, is fungal that's the way they they're designed to do um, and one up here and and you know disappear again and and was always you know the modern tech was oh stay out of that, that that's a that's a fairy ring and things like that but that belief system in itself goes way back um the idea of 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 reaching these spiritual beings through circles and the idea of 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 circle of course um um communing in circle we even see that back in ancient greece and and that of course moved into um up into the up into the the uplands of scotland where it became known as kirk and uh, and 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 from there then kirk became church so to meet your gods you formed a circle mm. and uh, and when we go back even further than that prior to, to Greek times, we go into this aspect of the mounds and the mounds formed a circle. And so the circle was represent, representative of the sun. Um, and, and these particular places are where you went to to meet these other beings. Um, and uh, it was very, very important. And th there was a very important process that was engaged during those times to, to meet these other beings. And they were really, you know, there, there were no accidents here. Um, you just didn't, you just didn't happen to uh, stand on one by accident. Um, you, th there was a purpose behind it, and we see that within ufology and everything else. That uh, there are no accidents to these meetings. There's always a reason behind it. We may not see it first off, but you can be sure that there's there's a reason behind it. And. Uh, the fairy circle is is an adaptation on that ancient belief system that uh, that they come to us through circle so do you believe these are extra dimensional experiences or extraterrestrial no they were they were coming through um to us i see now there were occasions there were occasions whenever people according to the ancient literature people would have slipped into them by sheer accident and uh, and then came back again but the problem is that that the time on yes. both sides is different you know you you have the world of of the others say are on this side and you've got our world on this side our time moves much faster so if someone strays across to their world for say even a minute and goes huh, this is not where i'm meant to be and they go back and they're fortunate enough that they can go back they come back to a world that has progressed 
maybe five years, 10 years, yes. or still 50 years. Um, so that has always been a problem um, on that particular aspect. And uh, the doors themselves, they were they usually were activated by them on the other side. There were processes in which we could we could certainly go and and press the doorbell if you like um and that always happened at certain times for us from our perspective on the island um um the these mounds the ancient mounds were orientated for specific times of when you were to you were to enter these places and have your encounter with the gods, the gods of wisdom, who would bestow you various different bits of, of, of wisdom. And, uh, and of course, that progressed into the, the, the Oracle of Delphi, into that particular type of process, and then progressed on from there again. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it has a huge long history. I've had, I've had my encounters with the Fae, and, and in fact, I've been able to photograph them. But there was a very, very interesting um, encounter that happened with with that in which i was standing in one of those ancient circles in fact i was that's where i was camping for the night at a location that was active so initially i was uh, like th these these particular circles are built before the great pyramids of giza and yeah. so they're, they're ancient and uh, initially i was alerted to three kids or three teenagers who were walking up on the, the farther mound, which was which was about maybe 150 yards away um, from me, from my position. And they were wearing really primary color, like fleece tops, like I'm, I'm wearing here. And and I I was I was lying down behind the stone, taking notes on the environment and things I got in my notebook, as I do. And and I, I seen them and I said, oh, they're they're locals. I must ask them if they've seen anything strange on this hilltop. So I finished the notes, but in the process of turning, I got I got the, the distinct impression that they saw me. Um, and I put the notebook in my pocket and I got up to talk to them and they were gone. Now these kids were, they were walking with large um, staffs and everything else. It was grand, you know, they, they looked like anybody else, um, but they were gone. Now I could see five miles in any direction at that point where I was. I could not account to where they had gone. And I, I began thinking to myself, maybe that chamber is not collapsed. Maybe they've climbed inside. And I went back to check this huge rock formation. Rocks again, we're back to the rocks. Mm -hmm. They were gone. The rock formation had collapsed in and on itself. So there was no access point for them. Yet these people climbed onto that mass of rocks and within three seconds, they were gone. I thought, okay, that's a one-off. I messed up at that particular point because I had a camera in my pocket as well. And I thought, <laughs> so, um, the sun, the sun was already in the stage of, of setting, and timing is everything in these in these instances. And uh, and I was working with the camera because the, the problem I was having with it is that the flash was automatic and I couldn't switch it off. So every time I went to take a photograph, everyone in the local vicinity was seeing these flashes on top of the mountain. And and I was afraid that I was going to have a search party coming up looking to, to see what <laughs> was going on in the fairy hilltop. So I was working with that and I happened to look up and there were two people walking away from me. And I thought, wait a minute, where the hell did they come from? Because 
a perfect periphery of vision. Mm. And yet these people were able to walk by me. And more to the point, they had just walked through a flock of sheep that were lying down. If I go 50 feet near that sheep, they'll disperse. Yeah, they would. These people had gone through it. And I thought, what on earth is going on here? And I had a pair of binoculars around my neck and I, I lifted up and looked. And I only saw one person. And I thought, what's what's going on here? Are, are these glasses broken or what have I done? Um, and I lifted because I seen that they were walking toward a cliff face. And I said, I must get a photograph of this because there's something not right about it. And I lifted the camera and through the viewfinder, there was one person. Yet I was seeing two. And I said, is this double vision on my part? No, it was not because one person was wearing a slightly different color jacket than the other and one was shorter than the other. Was and it the, the same? The photograph was bizarre in which what it is photographed. But what I learned from that particular instance was the reasons as to why they do not like technology with an investigation because they can manipulate the conscious because I was seeing two, but they could not manipulate the tech, the camera. So and if, we, if we think back to investigations, when we're getting serious paranormal activity, a lot of it stops whenever we bring cameras out. Yeah. And they couldn't manipulate the camera, but they can manipulate the conscious, what we're, what we're to see, what they want us to see. And, and that was very apparent in that particular evening. That actually reminds me of phenomena when I've been investigating where every person present audibly hears a huge bang, yes. but it is on no one's recorder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, oh, well, thank you. Just You just absolutely submitted and, and yeah, let me know as, why as, that happened. As well, Vicki, you're, you're absolutely right. The audible sense can be activated as well, along with the, the, the visual or one or the other. Um, very strange. So they can actually manipulate how they appear. Oh, and have them for centuries. Yes, for centuries. And so they um, appeared as two teenagers, and then you only see one off in the distance. Did it even look anywhere similar to what you had originally seen as one no. of the teenagers? See no, that that is. Amazing. I'd seen the, I'd seen the teenagers all right, and um, they they were fine. And um, you know, I was able to. I didn't really pay too much attention at the time because I thought oh, it's just kids. Yeah. And uh, but the other two, the other two gave me the 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 suspicion that they were the adults, they were the parents, if you like. Um, and uh, but they seemed to control a lot. The first the the, the first encounter um, was unusual, but the second now really really threw me because it really started me to understand what was going on with our technology against what goes on once they link into the conscious brain. But the fact that they can also affect our, our technology makes it even more difficult for us to actually record situations like this. Oh, yeah. And yeah. go back. Uh -huh. that, that's that's just, you know, it, it almost, that that's why the, you know, the pen is mightier than, than the technology nowadays because mm -hmm. pen to pad. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, oftentimes nowadays, unfortunately, we have people that we want to see. We want to yes. see. So they want to capture it on video. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you have elementals like this that can actually affect not only our minds and what we perceive but they can also affect the technology how do we get around something like that and even even better question for you what are they and have they been around long before mankind i think they have personally 
I think they've been around long before that. It's just that it's it's a different breed of of existence for them that they they've actually gone into hiding underground, if you will, versus us, which have taken over. And it's an unfortunate thing. I'd like to find a bridge that we could somehow build between them and us to better understand we where we came from and where we're going with technology nowadays. Agreed? Sometimes I don't think they want us to know. Um, there are certain there are certain people in create in, in, in certain levels that have got access to them because they serve a purpose, um, and uh, and I think that that that's a serious thing to consider, especially in the modern age where our manipulation is coming from, um, and uh, that that can be that can be very very difficult as to what they are. That's I'm dealing with that in in the next book, um, beyond the void. Um, which has really opened up this, uh, uh, you know, I've used the term before, opened up Pandora's box mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and started to show me things that, that really challenged my own paradigm of what I, what I understood things to be. But the idea that, that, that they have been here way before us is, is you know, it's talked about um, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years um, that they've been here. Um, and uh, and this manipulation has continued and you know i i, I just took a call today um of uh, of uh, of six folks that ended up going to mexico and and they they went through an ayahuasca experience not my cup of tea not my forte um i don't like the idea of purging myself from both ends that's not a pretty sight <laughs> and you know, even though this particular girl had had seen these other people, rich people, um, um, defecate and vomit into white buckets, um, you know, she she ended up she had this experience and she she saw this creature, this being, on this other side that had long fingers and, and everything else, and delivered a very very important message, um, and it should also be. It should also be understood that these other people, the other five people that, that were in this circle with her, were not connected. So they were all strangers within this particular group that were having this experience. But yet every single one of them saw the same being. Wow. They saw the same thing on the other side. And the one message came through, which they had disdain for, is that we're food. That's not a very. That's not uh, what we want to hear. Is very no. <laughs> um, and you know what? What do you mean? We're food. Um, food in the energetic state, or food in the physical state, or oh, what? What do you mean? You know that was never answered. We're just left with this aspect. Your food. Well, now uh, I. It leads me to wonder what would I taste like. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have it a good authority, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Matrix. Come on, Barry, you should know this by now. It's the Matrix. Uh, we, <laughs> we we have a question. We actually have several questions. I'm going to get to them. I promise. Yeah. Um, for Mylene Jones, is it different to investigate overseas than it is in the U.S.? Like is once more open to it than the other um what, what, what's your take on that um well my particular aspect is you know I've, I've got my celtic heritage that i draw on continually um, um 
we have been very connected to this particular island and, and it's strange whenever I go to other lands that that I, I, I notice I noticeably detect the energy of that particular land when 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 you're in it um, and uh, it's, it's a very strange thing to, to to feel but you know I've had encounters in the United States um, of of fair folk, if if you want to call them that, and, and things like that, they do perform slightly differently to what we have here, um, but uh, but the principle is still the same. Again, if we go back to the particular mounds, you know the the origin points, we see this movement of mounds from from the east over to over to the west. So from from the likes of uh, of uh, Mesopotamia moving across into northern Europe and, and down through and then we see that movement across the Atlantic and we see the, the, the mounds appearing um, with within those regions as well. The pyramids, the mounds and the connection with the serpents. We always have that connection with the it serpents. It always comes out of the serpents. The egg and all the rest um, and we have that. And the serpent worship was practiced much much longer now, in fact, thousands of years, the earliest reference that we have of serpent worship is in Botswana, and I believe that was 70,000 BC. So the practice of serpent worship goes a long way back. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and relatively, the likes of Christianity would be viewed as a spit in the tank. Um, yeah, pretty much. 2,000 years. Well, we're, we're, we're talking BC before Christ, and mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. We have another question uh, from Beth Watson, a good friend of ours. Uh, I think about the times we have caught something on camera in real time, then go back to review it. And when we play it, it's just snow. Yeah. And I'm sure I've I've had that happen to me. I know Vicky has. I'm sure, you know, lost footage that should have been there and it wasn't there. How many times have you had to deal with this? And I think whatever it is we're dealing with, it, it, it definitely, like you said earlier, it can affect what we see, what we perceive, but it can also affect our technology as well. How mm -hmm. many times have you gone through that in, in your in your experience, vast experience when it comes to this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that that'll happen. And in fact, while people were watching watching that particular screen, yes, that manipulation can go on, as 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 you rightly pointed out, um, that we see it. Yet when we go back, the technology is saying, but it's not there. Yeah. And so that manipulation can can very easily um, appear. Now, um, I uh, I devised um, a camera to mimic a child's eye. I was very very intrigued about how children were seeing the phenomenon, and there there were several things going on with, with with children that that we needed to understand. And in principle, up until the age of about four. Um, a child will predominantly be in theta band. Its its dominant band will be theta. So that's already in that particular state in which it can interact and, and do what it does spiritually. And we see that at a young age. You know, we, we, we'll be sitting with the children and then so all of a sudden they look up and they, they watch something that we can't see. Yeah, right, right. Um, so they're in that particular mind state as, as it is. But that changes um, after around four years of age. But between the ages of seven and 13, there is also a filter that thickens over the eye that narrows our, our, our perspective um, and appreciation of, of the, the electromagnetic field, the visionary field, if you like. Um, so um, the infrared and the, the ultraviolet narrow. 
So what I wanted to do was devise a camera first off. Um, and this is one I had made earlier. Very <laughs> cool. Small, small little camera, but um, it, uh, it utilizes the light that's already there. So um, it doesn't disturb the environment. That was very, very important. So it doesn't, it, number one, it observes the environment by not disturbing it, but it also has a greater band of, of appreciation of that spectrum. And we ended up, we, we investigated this castle in England and we, we spoke to the caretaker there and, uh, and he, had, he had said that he felt that he was haunted, that the spirits of the castle were haunting him. And we went into the basement and there was this wall, part of the wall that was knocked out. I had no idea why it was, it looked like it, someone had been in with a pickaxe and, and hooking the stones out. And I asked him what, what was going on there. And, and he says, oh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But we set up the camera. We started recording him. Nothing happened while he was there. It happened when he left. And what was interesting is that this particular this particular anomaly appeared on screen. It didn't detect the camera that was there. Um, and it produced its own beam of light down against this wall that was already being examined. And it was looking for something on the wall. Like someone else had been there looking for something in the wall. We never found out what was in the wall. Um, but it was interesting that that you know, we were able to 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 suggest to the guy, we don't think it's you that has the problem. We think it's the castle. There's something here attracting this phenomena to the castle. Do you think it was spiritual in nature, or do you think it was Fae? What what was what what did you theorize? Well, no, <laughs> very complicated, especially whenever you start getting into titles. Yeah. Um and 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 I don't tend to deal with titles anymore I I, I I see those as masks and and the problem is when you try and follow the phenomena via the mask you don't get too far until you hit a brick wall so on a research perspective you know you, you'll get back maybe um, 200 years and then bang that's that's the end of it that's the last that that particular mask has been seen and that mask can change sometimes twice in a generation in which it wishes to be depicted um, and understood as. But the one way that, that I did, I was able to track it was by the phenomena in which it interacted with us all. And that, that I was able to push back into, into the Middle East. Uh, and also understanding what we're calling in was another key factor. And to understand the history of, of this particular phenomena. And if we consider the likes of and this would be an uncomfortable truth for, for many. If we look at this aspect of uh, guardian angels, um, you know, the, the angel cult is big the, these days. Well, what exactly are angels? Where did they come from? A guardian angel in itself originates from, from the Roman perspective of genius. If someone was good with the arts, if they were good with, with, with literature, if they were good with paintings, they were seen as listening to their genius, something which was outside the body. But in modern day, we use that term as something which is internal. We have internalized genius when, when originally it was seen as outside. Genius then manifests, when we go back further, genius manifests into genii, jinn from the Middle East, yeah. demon, 
um, and in fact before daemon demon um, and then daemon and you keep going back further and further and further and you're able to track this arc of the phenomena coming coming down around and the fairy are also in there they're yeah, part of daemon realm look at that or title sorry title I, I find that fascinating because, you know, it, it depends on the person's perception mm -hmm. and that's what sh may manifest to them. Because if you're per already perceiving or expecting to find something, let's say Faye, mm -hmm. let's say an angel, let's say a spirit, a ghost, anything, that's what you're going to, that's what it's going to come across as. Mm -hmm. And more than likely, you are boxing yourself in by doing so. So maybe the approach we take should be different mm -hmm. and be open to whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of asking the question, are you an angel? Are you this? Are you that? Just say, I'm here. You have any questions for me? I have questions for you. Let's communicate. And then based off of the symptoms, I'd like to call them symptoms or what you experience, Mm -hmm. That leads you to, oh, this must be a jinn, fae, mm -hmm. angel, whatever may be what you perceive as to categorize. Absolutely. But but remember that all of those masks all end yes. up in the same well. Um, so that's that's something to remember that that uh, we have multifaceted titles here, but they're or they're all ending up in the, in the same pool. Um so that that's that that was a big thing. Um, to, to work through. Yeah, and I've noticed, because um, I'm one of the people that I would consider myself very fortunate that I have had experience and I'm able to see what we refer to, like Rich said, as elementals, or mm. I like to call them nature spirits. Um, yeah. It's, I've often come across them. You talk a lot about deception and it's in the title mm. of your newest yeah. book. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. When I first come across them, I don't have any preconceived notions of what they might be, but mm. they'll often depict themselves. First, they always try to scare yes. and they try to appear bigger and bolder than what they are. Mm -hmm. And then when I don't flee mm -hmm. and when I say, okay, show me who you really are, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. I, I get what I feel is a more, um, realistic image of what they actually are. Do mm -hmm. you think that once you have established relationships with certain types of entities, that that relationship will echo no matter where you go? For example, I'm here in Florida, but let's mm -hmm. say I were to go to Ireland. Do you yeah. think the relationship that I've established with them here would carry over to another country? Um, yes, it, it should do. It should it should work it should work there fine and I I don't have any issue with that um, because I've seen that work in practice um, that, that that will carry over but uh, it's it's just if if we drop the masks if if we if we say we we stopped accepting the masks and dealt with the phenomena in which it interacts with us then I I think there's greater value there in seeing the phenomena on on a greater greater scale. There were there was a case there in uh, in Brazil that I was following, and it was a poltergeist case. And within within the house, uh, beds were exploding into flames. Wardrobes were just um, they, they were creating these terrible fires in the property. But it was witnessed by police officers who had gone in to rescue the children. And there was one interesting point. That was raised at, at this particular at this particular case, 
because there was a sound that was heard by the children and they said it wasn't our dog it was another dog that was baying outside the window now people mightn't understand that particular term baying dogs dogs when in a pack will bay to attract attention to prey so the phenomena was going off within the within the house and the people were saying oh it must be the kids it's, it's their phenomena and all the rest as this other activity was outside the property calling in others and then we start looking at this association with dogs and, and this representation of phenomena again we see crossing over into other areas and other and other fields and um, dog men being one particular perspective and um, we see this aspect of dogs and praying dogs and hunting dogs uh, and all the rest in fact these these entities hunting in packs um and uh, you know that that is something to, to to keep in mind with with the phenomena that that we have to establish uh, and, and, and establish pretty quickly what we're dealing with because as as Vicky says in the title of the book the deception is high and 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 as I said before at the beginning of the show if the spirit is there if the entity if the energy whatever you want to call it is there for our better our, our betterment they will not mind a few questions for clarity Good point. I, I, I see where you're heading with this because, you know, oftentimes you see a phenomenon like what you just discussed taking place and old school uh, back in the day, poltergeist activity was considered to surround children that were hmm. going through adolescence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even before that, further, further back, it, they were connected with Faye, you know, hmm. brownies to be more mm -hmm. you know precise mm -hmm. and yeah. they were the ones that were the tricksters and would do this nowadays poltergeist is a word i feel is being thrown around a lot and there's no connection to any one particular person it's actually being connected directly immediately to the spirit that's there mm. and i think that's a mistake uh when you stop looking mm. you know and you're just looking at one cause but you're not looking at all the other possibilities yeah. Yeah, yeah that 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 and throwing in the the baying dog you know there in itself where'd that come from as well does that have something mm -hmm. to do with this as well you when you close your mind to the possibility of all the other things cause mm -hmm. and effect you close yourself off to what is really the cause of everything going on here well the 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 types of of you know if we go and we look at the broad scheme of things again you've got ufology you've got all all these other different aspects these key points within the field all of them and this is this is quite a sobering thing to understand all of the phenomena can be summoned and i mean that from an esoteric perspective that can all be summoned so we're not looking at something which is nuts and bolts anymore we're looking at something that is coming from this other pool this other place um, and can be someone you know i've i've stood in, in the backyard of, of of this house and and have done the, the ce5 thing and, and and used the laser light into the sky and these things will reply back mm -hmm. um until until i made that connection with them and i said what do you want and uh and you know i, I gave them two options um either come down and tell me what you want or i'll keep it clean f off and, uh, <laughs> they went away <laughs> look at that 
it's it's a matter of communication and how you come across to them. I think it's the energy put putting out that you're putting out yourself and they will be either receptive to it or not. But then we, we have to go back to that 22nd window. And, yep. and should we engage? Because if we do, they're gone. Uh, but there's also the possibility they may stick around. So, you know, that's where you have to gain control of yourself when you yourself are yes you have to you have to you have to do that and uh, and there's you know there's a lot of the phenomena in fact all again of this fringe research we see all of it um, also manifest how we how we attribute um, a defense mechanism um from our perspective is that all of it is affected by iron you can wear an iron amulet and and the 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 energy itself will not manifest around you while you wear iron and that goes for gray aliens that enter your bedroom and um, that goes for the for the for the for the uh, the incubus and succubus and um, all of that will stop if you're wearing an iron amulet why is that why isn't are that, they, doesn't that also connected it doesn't that also run for fey as well yeah, yes uh, and now you're starting to see this greater yeah. connection yeah okay um and and when we consider the likes of the incubus and succubus attacks that that go back thousands of years and um, nine times out of ten they'll attack women more than men they attack women when they enter their monthly cycles they become anemic they're low on iron so that. the door the door to attack is the iron and the same goes for for, for the gray as well i've, 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 I've uh, seen that work and and, and be very um, um fortunate to, to I, see that work for myself very i i never thought of it that way but you know what you're right uh it's 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 true uh i'm i'm definitely going to be looking for something iron to wear uh, and I, I'm going to recommend this to all our viewers and Vicky and Jen. I, 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 quite frankly, I never thought of it that way. But you do have a good point there. I never thought of Vicky. What's your your viewpoint on this now? I'm wondering. Uh, this may not be tied in at all, but um, as an investigator, I've sometimes I've had team members that I used to call paranormal repellent. Um, Could it be that they have an higher iron con iron content in their body or something? Yes, and and if they're if they're more critical of what they're of what they're being told, um, they don't like they don't like um, that particular style of energy that comes through. Does not like critical thinkers. They mm. won't they won't entertain with critical thinkers because we call it out, and it has no wish to be called out. Well, I'm definitely one that calls out and I still mm. have enough, I gather enough evidence, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, there's certain people that I literally call them repellent. And so that really <laughs> makes me think <laughs> they need to stay off the spinach before the investigation. Jen, Jen our producer is saying I'm taking more iron pills now. Um, <laughs> you, we started a trend hashtag iron pills. Uh, so, okay. I never thought of it that way. And I'm like I say, if you go a day without learning something new, then you've pretty much, you know, missed a day in your life. I, I just learned something new. Thank you. Um, it's, it's something I never really thought of because yes, I've, I've always known iron is a repellent when mm. it comes to Faye, but mm. you are correct. Uh, if it, if it, it's a repellent for Faye and it also happens to be a repellent for alien abduction for, uh, and visitation, 
for incubus succubus and Gin. other spirits gin yep. as well yep. that's something that needs to be taken under consideration and wow we just hit a milestone right here and greetings from beyond radio iron is our friend because if we don't want to be visited or probed if you know what i mean mm. and i'm trying mm. to keep a pg here keep iron near you at all times uh and <laughs> be iron man be mm. iron man or iron woman and and <laughs> just keep it on you at all times so well, you've also spoken about the use of IR lights and the level of IR lights and how that affects people. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, during the investigations, um, I was able to see with the experiments that I had done that you have two sides of the spectrum in which we're in the middle. Um, and, uh, and if you're using infrared lights, which we use night vision cameras, um, that can interfere with the higher manifestation coming through the ultraviolet and and what has been put to us is that it reacts to their manifestation like acid would to our skin mm. so that use of ir light is damaging actually during an investigation if we if we intend to reach higher aspects of 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 that particular realm um and likewise vice versa if we use ultraviolet light within a room that or a house that's being disturbed you will create a safe room because the the the, it, the lower aspects will not manifest an ultraviolet light um, now that's not a permanent solution by any means but what it does is it gives the family a respite at that particular moment um and uh, and what what we we saw um and certainly during filming of ghi um, I, I had great um guys that were that were filming with us and i asked them time and time again can you dial down the infrared um to uh, to allow that other aspect to to come in we also see within you Can saw I, I had my pencil taking notes. Yeah, and I heard you Look writing, on your so own I'm, paper. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Eyes notes. Eyes on your own paper. Professor Barry Fitzgerald I, I'm is, I'm telling you, notes. I, I mean, good <laughs> Lord. Barry, thank you so much. I mean, we're yes. learning so much from you. You should you're be a professor if you're not yet. I, but there are ahead. there are cameras available on, on eBay and things like that, that that claim to be full spectrum cameras, and they've got these huge banks of lights on them as well. The lights are damaging the environment. Those are not full spectrum cameras by any means. They're not. They're not designed for what the full spectrum analogy was 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 meant to be for. Um, so they're absolutely useless. Um, but uh, yeah, there 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 are various different types of technology that uh, that can help with that. Now. In in regards to you know I, I know that I was that I was slightly damaged or, or damning to the modern um, tech on on paranormal investigating um, with bells and whistles, but there are some things out there that can help um, in regards to technology, and and Vicky, this is something that 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 may interest you because there is a there's a particular I think I have it written on the board there yeah the binding factor. The binding factor is a 40 hertz signal that, that begins at the thalamus within the brain. And this operates during waking hours. So every every um, 40 times a second, this pulse emits from the thalamus and rolls over the top of the brain and into the back of the head. So 40 times a second. 
that is locking in our psychic ability. So during daylight hours, we're inhibited by this this binding factor, and it's a, it's a, it's a term used within within um, um, what the hell do call neuroscience. There it is, um, and uh, so there's there's that to understand. And and when we sleep, that binding factor stops. The signal is stopped during sleep, and boom, we're gone. We go and we shoot to the astral planes and everything else, um, and uh, we do our things. But there, are, there is technology there that can actually, during our waking hours, can inhibit the binding factor. There, there are plans on the internet for folks to look at and build their own machine that that does this and switches switches it off. And it is it is shown that even people who don't possess any skill whatsoever will begin having immediate effect. And and um, right. Right here, uh, just so you can see for yourself, from Beth Watson. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you you've started a trend here. You're trending, Barry. This is good. Keep going. Sorry for the interruption. I'm writing. But uh, yeah, so that's the you know the, the 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 aspect of the binding factor is is certainly something there that, that really is worth um, worth looking at and has been researched. Um, um, as well so that that technology there is very very useful you know what i've discovered is that people that usually and it takes rapid eye movement rem um to happen is when they most experience um paranormal anomalies or yeah. or phenomenon and i believe that's because they tend to go into a more trance state they're so mm. deep in sleep and their natural defenses are down that that's when they experience those things the most and i think that's when they come through because they can either a communicate or attack one or the other and mm -hmm. preferably communicate if it's something good but mm -hmm. the attack mm -hmm. part always comes with rem state have you found that to be a coincidence or something that just it, it's just the way they communicate when I say they, I mean anything. Yeah, in general. yeah, yeah. No, there, there is, there is a, there is a precedent there for for REM state being a key factor within a lot of this phenomena. Um, and during there was a study done during uh, um, the lockdown years, twenty twenty one, and in Europe it was there was a phenomenon known as as pandemic dreaming appeared, and that particular occurrence began happening when people were working from home mm. so now now we were in a situation in which we weren't being woken up out of our dream cycle by an alarm people were waking up naturally they were exiting their dream state naturally and they were having they were having these prophetic dreams and they became known as as, as pandemic dreaming, and uh, and that was because of of you know the rapid eye movement and everything else. We we entered the last stage, in which we had the dreams which we could remember, um, until they of course disappear in daylight hours. Um, but uh, but a lot of the dreams were were. It wasn't good. It was very prophetic, but it wasn't good. Um, you know, it it it, uh, it wasn't snowman or anything like that. Well, considering what was going on at the time uh, during the pandemic, everyone was afraid. 
for their lives yeah. and catching yeah. this this horrible and it, and it's still we're not on lockdown but we we still have that in the back of our minds this is a global pandemic naturally people and you're right we are creatures of habit we're used to having a routine it's only when that routine is interrupted mm -hmm. much like what happened with the pandemic mm -hmm. people all of a sudden they couldn't go to work they didn't have an alarm clock to wake them up Mm -hmm. And their body started reacting because it was in constant fear that if they go outside, if they breathe the air, if they come in contact with someone or something, they could catch this and they'd be the next number projected mm -hmm. out there as dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I find that fascinating that it, it actually has a name. It, mm -hmm. It's a phenomenon. I don't, I don't even know if we should call it a, a phenomenon. I think it, if anything, it's just, something that maybe our bodies as human beings naturally produced during this pandemic time and we're still going through it but mm -hmm. it's not as bad as it was in 2020 and 2021 but now that people are getting back to work and there's even more and i've noticed this there's more people working from home mm -hmm. companies have noticed that it's more cost efficient to not have to pay for an office and rent you know what I mean? And light and whatnot. Just keep them home, work through the computer. It's a lot mm. cheaper. And you know what? I think that may be causing more issues for us as the human species, because we now have to transition from waking up in the morning to an alarm clock, getting dressed, go to work, come back. Routine has been broken. Now this, if you want to call it a phenomenon, is happening. Yeah, but you also have this, you also have this awakening that is yes. now occurring and is that awakening occurring because we were allowed to go through the prophetic dreaming hmm vicky your 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 take on this because this is getting <laughs> yeah very very interesting now it's the chicken and the egg thing I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Really and that's is. what i'm telling you his, his book when you read this latest book you really have to think and you have to pay attention because when you start going down all these different rabbit holes, you learn so much. And and I have a feeling I gotten haven't gotten to the end, but I have a feeling it's all gonna come down. To You're gonna be rereading it. <laughs> I well, I am. I'm gonna have to read this more than once because I really want to make sure I get a full understanding. But um, you know, I remember a lot of people came to me during the pandemic, and they said, you know, hey, I've noticed a lot more activity in my home. You know, I, I didn't have activity before. And I said, well, I said, uh, everybody's emotions are high. There's a lot going on and a lot of unrest and also your home. Whereas mm -hmm. that may have, that may have been occurring prior to that. You just weren't yeah. home to witness it. So which, which do you think, do you think it was more of an influence of the times we were going through or the fact that people were actually there to experience it? I think I, I think there was the fact well there was a slight combination of, of many factors going on there and, and I think people were being activated and uh, I think they were being allowed to activate in, in, in a state which we had disconnected from for quite some time and you know it, it was it, it was a very strange thing to to observe and watch happen so you know there, there may be something in it but whenever I wrote Whenever I wrote the book, The Influence, which looked at, at this aspect of how this energy was attaching to people and um, not going into where it was coming from or anything, it just dealt with attachments, how to identify them. 
and what the attachments were doing to us on a biological level and how we could reverse that and get our get our balance back because this 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 darkness this insidious insidiousness when it it managed to infiltrate for instance even within a, within research groups it ate them from the inside out and we see this time and time again the door is open to these things and then they will they will digest the groups from the inside out ego depression isolation these are all key factors of this particular um, um this energy when when it gets access and when i was writing the book at the beginning i was given i was given this warning a very distinct warning and it might tie in with what was going on with people who were saying that their homes suddenly now become there's activity in my home what's going on here i was given the warning don't become too bright or they see you hmm. And there's an old, uh, recently there I came across an old, uh, an old saying from Japan, the nail that sticks out gets hammered. I like that. <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> um, Barry, I, I need to ask, I, I mean, quite frankly, I know people can get your books on Amazon, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm sure you know, people like me, maybe that want to get it autographed by you. Uh, you can get, you can send me that info after the show if you like. Um, but Amazon is that where everyone can get the, the books, or can um, they go um, to? Yeah, and um, there are links. There are links there on Amazon. They can pop over to my website um, at charmstealer.com, uh, or they can uh, they can find me on Facebook. Um, and things like that. The only thing that I would say about about sending books and sending them um, with the price at the minute, with everything going up in, in price, it costs an absolute fortune now to send the books to America. Um, I'll pay it. I'll pay it. Oh, okay. okay. I'll pay it. All right. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I, I mean, literally, it, it's, it's to the point where I, I think this is one of those shows that we can honestly say we've actually learned so much i i've literally i had to get up get this and this and and start writing down because i noticed that my co-host was already doing it because i heard the you know the swivel of her of her pencil <laughs> up against paper and i'm like wait a minute that's not fair i should be doing this too and so i felt left out and quite frankly everything that you've said has been spot on uh, I agree with 100%, but at the same time, learned a few things along the way, which is really what this show is all about, quite frankly. Uh, so Amazon is really the best way to get your books. Definitely, yeah. And uh, and I have to say, if, if people like if if people like just just a, a particular you know a, a story, a fictional story, there's the trilogy there, which which really encompasses the fairy realm spirits ufology it pulls it all together um and it's called the, the council of three um, in case people are looking for it we'll show them the cover you have the uh oh, the, there it is okay. serpents and that's that again is on amazon um and we have we have of course um, i shouldn't forget the good old um banshee um and uh and of course, not forgetting the deceptions of gods and men. That's the latest one. Yes, the deceptions of gods and men. So, uh, and again, that's on Amazon. Now, um, it's also an audiobook. Um, so, uh, so is it your voice? It's not my voice. I'm afraid. Oh, 
Do I need to use my own voice? (laughs) (laughs) That would that that would have made it even better if it was your voice, because I mean, come on. Uh, So you know, I I I, I'll be in definite contact with you because I definitely want to autographed one from you. I'll pay. I don't care. uh, Quite frankly, for those of you, Uh, so. Once again, give us your your information as to how people can keep in touch with you through. I know Facebook. Do you have any other social media platforms that people? Can uh, I have I have Twitter, um, okay. I I don't really use Twitter. Um, I never really have, but uh, but Facebook would be the pr- primary one uh, for me to, to okay. contact me on, and through the messenger there. And uh, and you know, if anyone has any questions, I'm I'm always there. You know, it may take me a day or two to get back to them, but I will always get back to the messenger. You know what's funny is I remember when it was back in the day, MySpace. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> I, I loved MySpace. I thought it was great. Yeah, but you know, it was never for what we do now. Uh, you, oh, Beth Watson, us Americans have a good accent. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually wish I had an Irish or Scottish or, you know, British accent, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's just, that's just me. Very well. Speaking of, before we leave, one of our regular viewers, Meg, wanted to make sure that we wish Barry a happy St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Because it's, it's coming, coming up. up on Friday. So she wanted to make sure that we gave you a shout out for that. She's Irish. So uh, she <laughs> she has that date in mind. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I, I hope I hope we get dry weather for us. Oh, uh, we've had wet weather here in Utah. How about down there in, in Florida? We're just now getting rain that we desperately needed. We've been yeah. kind of in a drought. All right. Well, you know what? It happens. But Barry, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. And for two freaking hours, Barry Fitzgerald, (laughs) we had, I mean, this, this to me felt like classroom. So thank you so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome to come back whenever you like. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good night. Okay. Take care now. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's Barry Fitz. Hey, it's I always... The epic screen always look at you all right so uh episode this was episode nine nine, and we are fast approaching episode 10 finally the double digits and (laughs) we're looking forward to it uh next week uh you know thank you beth for for chiming and thank you Eileen, thank you. Mark Anthony, as usual. Thank everyone for, for chiming in. We appreciate it. Uh, next week, we have a, a free week to, to pretty much discuss. And if you want to watch this show and didn't have a chance to watch it, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and go to Greetings from Beyond Radio. You, you will be able to watch everything that we said live. And- well, not really live, but, you know, recorded. And if there's something that you want us to talk about next week, put it in the comment section on YouTube. And we'll try to get to that topic. Definitely. We'll discuss it and please be there. And also, uh, real quick, Jen, if you could run through Vicky's information, if they want to get in contact with Vicky as well for readings, Vicky's by reading. Or wait, readings, readings by, by Vicky. Vicky. I did it backwards. <laughs> wow. Okay. Readings by Vicky. And right there, scrolling underneath is all that information. And she is ready to help. And she's good at what she does. I wouldn't recommend her if she wasn't. Thank so, you. 
thank you so much, everyone, for watching. And as usual, I thank you from the bottom of my heart and Vicky's. We're fast approaching number 10. I'm excited. But we have so many more people coming on, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think someone's still in the chat room by the name of Beth Watson, which may be coming very, very soon onto our show. But I have a surprise for Beth. It's called a surprise, honey. You won't know until it is there. So as I always end every single show, live life. Don't let life live you. And peace, be still. Till next week.